Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 40th, for, oh, I've lost my words, 46th ever episode of Shut Up and Sit Down, the podcast. A podcast all about board games, card games, table games. If you like any of those things, you're in the right e-place, which is short for electronic place. Um, this isn't going to be an ideal episode. This was meant to be our first live podcast at Gen Con 2016 pumped straight into your ears, but what happened is our primary recording device failed. So what we've got coming up is a good 30 minutes recorded with the backup recording device. It's not as good, but hopefully if you listen to it for a couple of minutes, you'll forget it's bad and it'll be fine. And if you can deal with that, you've got myself, Paul, and our hilarious miniatures game correspondent, Eric Tonjes, who used to be from Nebraska. Now he's not, so I don't even know how to describe him. We're talking about the Arkham Horror LCG, the new Rune Wars miniatures game. We're talking about Pandemic Cthulhu, uh, the Conan miniatures game, lots and lots of good stuff. Um... Before, in the live show, we did a trivia competition with our fans and a lovely man called Ben won all sorts of games for knowing Shut Up and Sit Down quite literally better than I did. Um, But because those people weren't mic trained, the audio really goes to pieces there. So we're going to cut that off after half an hour. But you may have noticed that this episode is longer than 30 minutes. And that is because Paul and myself have an interview with the perhaps unparalleled board game designer, the Czech Vlada Hvatil, designer of Mage Knight, of Codenames, of Space Alert, of Galaxy Trucker. Uh, He is maybe, if we had to decide as like a gestalt entity, Paul and my favorite board game designer working today. So... Uh, If you like and you can't deal with the audio of the first bit, just skip right ahead to the 32-minute mark and you can enjoy that interview. Thank you so much for downloading the podcast, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fifth ever live (coughs) Shelton Sit Down podcast. Thanks very much. We're going to talk a bit today about some of the games that we've played. We are going to do some, for the first time ever, because we're five years old. Did you know that? Obviously, everybody in this room knows everything about Shut Up and Sit Down. So you're the only audience for Shut Up and Sit Down trivia. Right? Don't let me down. What else are we going to do? We've got fabulous prizes for the trivia as well. Oh, yeah, oh, we actually have prizes, some of which are actually good prizes. <laughs> <laughs> some of which? Yeah, one of them. Oh my god, I just remembered one of them. <laughs> uh, this is also the latest show of the Sit Down podcast we've recorded after dark, so get ready for the most adult erotic. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we agree. <laughs> Should we invite our guest? Yes. Our usual guest. Because Matthew Lee unfortunately couldn't make it with us. But we do have a third for a little bit in the form of Sharp and Sit Down's Miniatures Games freelance writer, Eric Tonic! Yeah. Uh, the reason I said wait at the end of your name there is I realised I had no idea how to pronounce it. Um, and tried to abort the sentence by saying the word wait. <laughs> Uh, how do we pronounce your name? I'm kind of afraid to talk. Oh, so you're going to realize that I don't have a British accent. That is. <laughs> that is true. Tonjes. And that's German? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you may remember Eric from uh, doing a whole series of Michigan interviews last year, including Malfo, Infinity. Woo! Thanks for that. That's yeah. God knows I'm funny. Uh, so, this is what you guys feel like, right? <laughs> uh, and then just recently, Arena Rex. 
she didn't like, so that was cool. <laughs> it was fine, it was fine. Uh, oh, we've got an uh, interview with Eric, though. Yeah, a few sort of short questions. Which, uh, what? It's fine. Uh, it's okay. It's, it's, it's Eric Miller's, it's very short. Um, should we actually talk, seriously, talk about Ruben Wars Minister thing briefly? Because that announcement happened, right? Yeah, it's been uh, like, uh, topical for once. Yeah. For a short period. So, you guys might have seen uh, Fantasy Flight announce a hot new miniatures game today. Yes. Uh, which is the Ruben Wars Miniatures game. Yeah. Who's a fan of the Terranoff world? Yeah! <laughs> 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 that we expected. Does anyone in this room know what razor wings are? Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Wings, sharp teeth, and they kick your ass in the sand. There you go. As the extent of the law, by <laughs> It's like playing the Road to Legend game with the sense is amazing because things just happen. It's like, oh, right, it's like Lord of the Rings, where it's like a script reading of Lord of the Rings, where you say a line and you have no idea what it means. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the wizard of. Hey, he's here. Okay. Here <laughs> uh, same, goes, same goes for Runebound Holidays, yeah. yeah. But, uh, what so you, we dispatched you to look at this. You did. And you came back with a pretty exciting. Uh, what, how did you describe it to us? Uh, basically, that it's Warhammer Fantasy, except after Games Workshop killed Warhammer Fantasy. Yeah! <laughs> because it's actually. What is it? What's the official miniatures game term? 28 millimeter scale. What does that mean? That's, that's, that's that tall. That's the technical. That's that tall. It's really going to be helped by that description. Yeah. <laughs> but that means it's 28 millimeters tall. <laughs> A person. A human? Yes. Okay. Um, it, it uses that scale, but it has big blocks of troops that are moved basically in the X-Wing Armada way. How about this? How about Warhammer Fantasy, but with better rules? Uh. <laughs> 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 I think that was a question. My friends at home who play Warhammer are like, yeah, we fight for the beautiful miniatures. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. Controversial. <laughs> um, so how do they get the actual rules into? Like, does everyone have like an afterburner attached? <laughs> no, but they have little slots on these mass bases where you actually stick in like groups of miniatures and lines, and then you use basically the X-Wing templates to move them. Like the actual curves? Yes, the curves and oh, things yeah. like that. Um, so does that mean that like X-Wing will be like, the, the, the regiment will be like, charge, and then they just miss? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you could do the like, end up on the other side of the enemy. And accidentally <laughs> run off the board. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think? Do you think it would be good? The miniatures are pretty, um, it's like a good Fantasy Flight kind of baseline miniatures game. Yeah. Um, I'm actually pretty excited about it. I'll buy yeah. it my wife lets me as soon as it comes out. Right. It's, but it's also plastic, so way cheaper than Warhammer, right? Yeah, it looks Ooh, like yeah. it'll be, there'll be a starter box. The the stuff, if people saw it out being demo, it looks like it's about two starter boxes. So, nice. Yeah, I mean, a reasonable amount of affordable minis. I like that we started up with something like Topical before we go completely off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the stuff we've got lined up. So you've been playing Minister's Games for a long time. Yep. So we can grill you. Okay. First of all, we can say, I mean, you're very comfy in front of an audience. Sure. Can we explain quickly why that is? Because it's interesting. Okay. What do you do? I'm a pastor. Nice. In addition to writing about minis. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. That's a good... Sorry. Fascination with this. I'm not 
Adam would just not And the amazing thing for me about that is that, uh, like, the only people I know, because I'm a, because I'm a dweeb, like, and, you know, the only people I know who quote the Bible are, like, badass cowboys. <laughs> so, like, immediately I was really intimidated. It was really awesome. <laughs> should, should we ask another question for it? That me? Yeah. What is the best miniature? <laughs> Great podcast. 
Probably not. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, I'll tell you what, after we turn off the recording, you can answer. Okay. Okay. Uh, good, so my running order. So, yeah, we talked about rumors. That might be good, so you don't know. We haven't played it because we're professional. Uh, we've played a miniatures game, you haven't, but you want to. We've played the Conan miniatures game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the UK Game Fixer podcast where we said stuff like that, the audience is the corresponding like, ooh. These guys are marvelous constantly. <laughs> can I register that I literally said, can we go play the Conan game? <laughs> on Kickstarter. Right. And you said, sure. And then we walk up to the table, and then you say, Eric, I hear Fantasy Flight has a new miniatures game. <laughs> Look at it. I completely sabotaged you, yeah. Um, but we would have seen it, right? The, the Conan uh, box being published, right? As for they, um, which has like a little Conan. He runs around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. and a snake and an ape man. Yeah. And a giant. Everything you need. I thought this would be exciting. Like, people in this room would be heard of it. Hand up if you've heard of it. Hand up if you're hyped for it. Shit. Not that hard. It's super middling audience. It's pretty great. Um, it's like Descent, but with all the chaff removed. So you, it's just heroes and then worrying about how out of breath your hero is. <laughs> <laughs> it's not actually a mechanic. I mean, it reminded me a little of uh, when we play Terra Mystica and you have those bowls of uh, yes. magic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. You shuffle the magic from sort of bowl to bowl. You have these uh, tokens that represent Xander. And when you do things, you have to burn them and they sort of go into a space that you're exhausted and then. Uh, your turn starts again, and depending on your stance, which is like I'm attacking or defending, you recover a certain amount of these. But as you get wounded... <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, if I don't make them do it, it's whole segment will fall flat on its face. <laughs> if you get wounded, they go into the, the bad hole, and the bad hole is like... <laughs> Scenarios coming in, which is then matched. Yeah, you can't do a campaign, but it's just, yeah, the, um, the, the, the way the stamina works is cute. It's like you, uh, when you're wounded, if you're fresh, all the stamina just goes into like you're tired, and then as you get hit again, it goes from tired to wounded, so it your pulses, you're more wounded, you're like clawing your way around. I'm a huge Conan nerd, and when I was in the hotel, so this is the running order of the podcast, but this is my notes on Conan, like, <laughs> as, an, as, as an intellectual property, and now it seems like a terrible idea to talk about this stuff. Uh, I think the audience is pretty cold for, for Conan. Um, <laughs> This is going. Yes. I would really love it if you would share something with me about the Hyborian Age. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> you might assume that Conan is like a, a really, like, it's like a trite and tedious setting, right? Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's like, you know, nipples and swords. And it's like, uh, but Robert E. Howard, the author, wrote it in like the 1920s, 30s, and, you know, he a, like, the reason Conan's sort of gore is he was the son of a doctor in, like, Texas. Um, in the middle of nowhere, so he got first-hand experience by gunshot wounds and blood, and he was like a really weird... None of it Oh, I would have thought someone uh, was like, saying something. I, I completely lost my goodness. The point is, uh, right, you're all going to feel bad now, because the guy committed suicide at age 30 after one room was It's like, oh, he, uh, yeah, and he, uh, fuck it. <laughs> so, moving on. 
six people. Oh, what? Are we doing the, the trivia now? Okay, do you want to do some games first? Yeah, that's all right. Like we can follow. I'll hold my horses. Yeah. No, because we've got Harry King able to do all the games stuff. I'm sorry. Okay, right. I'm all really hyped for this. We're going to get the things out of it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there should be a quiz, will be a thing. Um, so, a whole caravan and Quinn's is miserable. Let's like, strive on that. Uh, let's talk about Doom. Uh, which is you're hyped for Doom, but I'm not. Like, the thing I didn't tell you, Conan is a mechanic where Conan can run through walls. He's played a couple of stamina, which is the same as it costs to go through a door. Conan smashes through creating a door for anyone. Like, so you can literally be, the door is there, and you run through the wall here. And then you run out, like, creating another hole.
they can find cure disease, treat like treat people. Yeah. <laughs> like often it's like, yeah, close the gate, mother of God, take a bus. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're basically the cards, the relics now, but you lose sanity or spawn cultists or do bad things when you use them. Yeah. You do it over and over. Which is a nice, <laughs> yeah, which is a nice, uh, like, because we didn't notice that at all, that every time you use the relic events, um, you go, go a bit mad. So we had a thing, we didn't know that, and then halfway through the game we realized, and then my hunter, it was as if she was like, oh, hey, what was the stuff I've been doing? It's kind of messed up. <laughs> and then just got bombed with sanity. <laughs> Uh, it, was, it was kids, um, and then like the, uh, the rather than like having outbreaks to do with like cultists creating more cultists, which we wanted, what happened in the pandemic. Instead, they uh, just cause like global debuffs, but they don't get cultists. The board is smaller, but it's hard to It's tighter. Yeah, it's sort of a bit condensed. I, I swear, it felt like it played a bit quicker as well. Yeah, maybe. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, like, it's basically like if you. I never would have thought that you could get a pandemic and pandemic food, but actually, you guys could probably like get it if you're really into it. Like. But here's a question that I have for both of you really quickly, which is, if you already have pandemic, would you get this? No. Like it was different in cool ways, but it still felt like all of my the, the shape of my brain yeah. going through the puzzle was exactly the same as it was playing the pandemic. So mm -hmm. yeah, no, it, it just feels the same, but also like everything. Like you have all the same pleasing mental loops, but you just have to still think about it, which is maybe ideal for like everything. Uh, what else we got? We played. Uh, oh, we finish off talking about Arkham Horror. We played the new Arkham Horror living card game. Yes, the uh, the whole campaign. Like this, they tell us what they want us to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, we do this in the future, we just throw things out and see what noises come back. <laughs> like a submarine. Oh, exactly. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about Captain Sonar tomorrow. Oh. Yeah, it's really, really good. <laughs> so, the Arkham Royale CG. Uh, it's a Here's the thing that was weird. I was psyched about the Arkham Royale CG because the Lord of the Rings cult game is so interesting and so, like, immediately, like, oh god, this is, what's going on? It's awesome. Remember that, that campaign in the base box where you're going down the river and then like all your characters in the middle of the board and it walks the line up on either side? I'm looking at you, I don't actually know if you've played this. I have played Okay, good. Uh, yeah, like the monsters are all massing on the banks of the river and it's like, so thematic. And then it yeah, didn't quite land for me based on that initial play. No, I think either, actually. Um, I felt like I felt like a bunch of things happened and maybe a bit like when I played, you know, you know it's Arkham or a board game, it's sort of like Everything felt like it was boiled down to just some tokens or statistics, like you find a clue, what is the clue, it doesn't matter, it's a, yeah. it's yeah. a currency, it's a thing. Um, token. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I was, we were trying to escape a, a mysterious room, and for some reason my character thought there was a cover-up, and so I had to... Oh, because you do the cover-up card. Yeah. It's like, the door to our study went missing. That's the initial scenario, and then he draws the card and it's a cover-up. <laughs> <laughs> There are a bunch of tokens on this card, and I have to sort of just draw, basically draw some cards and play them until the tokens go away. And it felt so mechanical, but not very atmospheric. To me. You know, I feel like um, Fantasy Flight's peak in terms of um, Lovecraftian storytelling, if not as a game, was Mansions of Madness, because Mansions of Madness never let anything happen that didn't um, make sense. The story. Yeah, it was never here's the clue. What's the clue? We don't know. It's like, no, you found this clue. Here's what the exact clue is. Like every single part of that game has played text, and you'll walk through it. Whereas the LCG just doesn't do that. Like the thing that we had, we were playing the same character. Um, 
because it just sets up a side door. I would do another thing of like a ghoul up here. Where they come from, doesn't matter. Like, it's just yeah. in the room with smell. The room with no doors. <laughs> uh, that was a smell of rotting flesh. That was. We were told that a couple of times. <laughs> and then, like, it attacked us. And we had a card you discard to uh, avoid the attack. And the card we had was a stray cat. So I got out of our hands. And it's like, and we have two of those stray cats in our hands. <laughs> so it's like, oh, orphan character was, what, producing a stray cat? <laughs> It tried to embody the Cthulhu mythos by just making everything harder and more frustrating than some of the other card games. Yeah, Lord of the Rings has the like um, the more gradual like taking steps towards like a uh, you know like the, the what's it called what's the mechanic called where you get the right. Oh uh, no, the, the footsteps you get towards the quest like you progress. 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 <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it feels kind of like you're on a journey and whatever can happen on that journey. Whereas like trying to literally get out of one room or moving between one room and another room makes it so granular that like the vision in your head makes no sense. Um, not to say it's necessarily a bad game, but like, my god, it's definitely more of that Arkham horror like, what the shit is going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just a potpourri of like things. Like, oh, you like Lovecraft, so you'll like this random monster in this random place and this random reference and we just throw them into a tombola. Do that for ages and then throw it in your face. You know, he was a really big fan of, uh, of Lovecraft. And, uh, <laughs> what was he out? It was, yeah. <laughs> I've got one really good thing here. You know the, um. <laughs> you know the, uh, uh, those, like, all those stories magazines that were circulating in the 1980s yeah. that were the funniest thing? Roddy Howard wrote for, um, uh, two magazines I love. One of which was called Fight Stories. <laughs> uh, stories of fighting. <laughs> He also wrote, wrote for a magazine called Spicy Stories. <laughs> um, and refers to the soft porn stories he wrote for this as Bubby Twisters. That really tickled me. We're not done with these Howard references. <laughs> Is this from like Wikipedia or first-hand knowledge? <laughs> There was a, there's a book called Playing the World, which is the history of DD, and when that talks about, like, like does anyone, did, am I the only person who ever wondered where wizards come from? Like, where the hell, like, tracking that, like, thing through, uh, through uh, fiction? It's yeah, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Wizards take back to Treasure Island, by the way, if anyone was wondering. Um, I'm not going to see why you're me. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that happened to me. I'll have a phone and influence all kinds of stuff. Come in, this is the ring of the Um, I've lost my thread. <laughs> oh god, it's Light and Jedi. It's not gonna Uh, four gods. Oh, Anyone have four gods? Another else related? No one had four gods here. What if I told you? Two people. That's very low height, though. <laughs> it's like, good. Uh, what about if I told you real time Carcassonne? Mixed height. That's not bad. It's not bad. I'm dealing with that. You want to talk about four gods? It is kind of real time Carcassonne. You've got a big bag of tiles. Uh, you are a god. And, uh, like, you're not, you're not a god initially. You're not a god, you're kind of a doctor god. Um, and like sort of older self-waking gods, you're a god of a thing, which can be like uh, mountains or forests or lakes or things like that. And you can only ever have two tiles in your, your two hands at any one point. So you pull these out of the back, and you try and lay them down in a way that contiguously makes sense, so it doesn't cut the song, so terrain features have to match up. And you also have to lay things next to two other tiles, two edges. You have to start in the corner of this sort of uh, predefined space and build out in a way that follows those rules, and then start putting down followers of the god 
on certain features, hoping to grab the features that end up being really big, scoring you lots of points, and occasionally plopping down cities in spaces, particularly like spaces you can't quite fill, because if you plop down the city and put a follower on that, that gets you points. Unless that space that you thought could hold a city could actually just hold a tile that somebody else can put down, at which point they put their tile down, take a city away, and just sort of Point. It's just demolished, and they get the points you were going to get. It's just happening like a speed constantly, where you're looking at what everyone else is doing, drawing from the bag, and then if your titles don't work, and they're double sided by the way, so you're constantly doing. <laughs> no short term memories, so I'm doing this. <laughs> like a sort of a really shit crowd. <laughs> you can bank them in front of you and use them later, don't do that, because I ended up with about sort of 10 of these. And <laughs> the game was over and the, the woman was like, we're not going to do points, which I think meant like... <laughs> that poor man. <laughs> I, you know, I, do I get a feeling you're not really jazzed? Because I kind of liked it, I would play it again. Yeah! I... <laughs> it's that noise again. Yeah. Um, no, I, I thought it was okay. I really like the moment where you're, because you're so in your own head and you're building your, because it's like got a walled off, um, the board is like a, Enclosed square, yes. so then you build in the middle of the square, so there's defined edges. And you're building along your edge initially, and you're just in your own world, like almost literally like building your own world. But then when it meets up with another person's wall and they start connecting to yours, it's like my head was just holding this puzzle. And it was a really nice moment because whenever you, I suddenly connected, I was just like, whoa, the world is huge. <laughs> He would look at the, you know, the board at the end and start scoring and he'd be like, oh, oh no. There's actually a representative in every company. So much money now. The thing that was, yeah, because in Galaxy Trucker, if someone places something wrong, that's a whole part of it, right? That you slide your board in front of your friends, like it's a thing. Yeah, you lose your shit. You don't have MOTs in America, uh, do you? Like, what, is there a check? You have to pick a car on there every, like, year to make sure it's still roadworthy? Everyone's talking at once! It's just that, and you slide your ship in front of someone, and you're like, oh, God, please, please pass, please pass, please pass. And if it doesn't, then, you Except that they, like, blow off two tires if it doesn't pass. Yeah. If it doesn't work, then they just cut your car in half. The rest of the world has been built on. It's like, what are you going to do? Like, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's all right. It's pretty interesting. Is it time to do? I wonder if we could have about six people who would be brave enough to be on stage and have to do a bit of shouting. <laughs> Who indeed, Paul? And you guys aren't going to find out because, uh, like I say, the audio in the bit that follows is a bit atrocious 
and not really fit for human consumption. But not to worry, we're going to move now to Paul and my interview with Vlada Hvatel. Uh, if you remember Shut Up and Sit Down History, we did an entire half-hour episode on this man and his games when we were just starting out. So this interview, in a lot of ways, was basically about five years in the making. Um, and we were so happy that Vlada had made it to Gen Con, thanks to the success of Codenames. Uh, and, uh, well, I'm going to stop talking Speaking of me not talking, I have re-recorded just a couple of my uh, things that I say at the beginning of the interview because I was peaking. You can tell we go to pieces when Matt's not here, can't you? Anyway, please enjoy. Hello, we're here at Gen Con 2016. I'm sat right next to Quentin Smith and Vlada, one of our very favourite designers in the Czech Games room. They have their own Czech Games room. They do indeed. Hello, Vlada. How has the con been treating you so far? Uh, I've seen most I've seen from the con is this room, so I'm not pretty sure. But I had like 20 minutes walk around the show, and it's big and full of games and some cosplayers and weird other stuff, and I love all this. But mostly your experience of the con has been everything that walks past those two doors to the Czech Games room. Yeah, and I, I, was, I was walking too uh, for a while, so, and I hope I will have more time to walk, walk around and really experience all this weirdness and goodness around. So now that Codenames has been such a tremendous success, I'm sure your lifestyle's changed. My only question would be, uh, in your new giant mansion, do you give your staff uh, a holiday? Jamen, they need holiday staff? Really? Yeah, yeah I think so. I, I yeah. will think about this. <laughs> okay, okay. But really, I think uh, we were talking to our Czech game colleagues last year about um, uh, how you guys never could have expected Codenames to do this well. And is it easy for a small company to scale up uh, to produce as many copies of Codenames now as they're making it? Uh, have you been able to adapt? Because I think when we were talking about Czech Games a few years ago, it was only two or three employees full-time. Uh, yeah, probably. But, uh, actually, that's, uh, Fortnite, that's not, not my, my problem. Yeah? Uh, I just made the game and uh, now they have they have problem to sell it. But it is this... Pleasure, pl uh, pleasant kind of problem, yeah. It's better than uh, have problem how to sell any games at all. Yes, so uh, they needed to improve logistic and uh, the factories uh, growing too now because we all uh, we product uh, we manufacture everything in Czech Republic, yeah. So uh, oh really? Yeah, and it was nice because we. Uh, we had very when we started uh, with this factory, we were very small, and they were they were so kind and so like uh, because we do everything at last moment, yeah, uh, and they helped us so much, yeah, to get things ready for SN. I remember when Space Alert was was uh, published and uh, presented in SN. It was like. Uh, one day before we presented in SN, uh, we were our people were standing uh, next to the belts at the factory and helping them to put things <laughs> because we were late with everything and and the whole factory was working uh, at 2 a.m. Wow! <laughs> uh, and the CEO of the factory was putting some blue boards in the box, <laughs> something like this. Yeah, it was very uh, very. Uh, very good approach uh, from them, not just say, sorry, we don't have it, yeah? 
So uh, we, we are happy that now we can return this to them by giving them really big, uh, big uh, like work. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a big thing now about the games industry. It's a lot bigger than it used to be even 10 years ago. It's getting more and more popular all the time. Obviously, you guys, Codenames has been a big success. We also have like these big industry things like Asmodee, big purchases, big changes. Does that make you excited? Does it make you nervous? Does everything feel very different now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think Neither do it. we though. That's the problem. Yeah, that's uh, uh, I am happy for the game. Yeah. I'm happy for the game because I see how much it is played and how uh, how uh, White is the the audience, yeah. Because uh, you know, I, I have seen people uh, I know uh, people that don't play games, but they can play code names, yeah. And that's something I, I'm really happy about. And what I'm really happy about is also that when I created the game, I only when I create the game, I only uh, care about okay, this is game I like. Then, then second, this is game my friend like, and we should consider publishing it <laughs> yeah uh, if uh, and so of course my friends at the company like it and we just hope there will be enough people around the world that like it yeah and with codenames it was the same yeah hey i like it and I, maybe i'm weird because i like this word association games and now i found out that uh, the whole world is weird and lots of people are weird and look this same <laughs> thing as i and it feels really good yeah i the people pleased me really, uh, like uh, because the code names this game this is as good as the players, yeah, yeah. Uh, that play it and uh, the players are really good and I am happy about it. Yeah, I think that's what I like a lot about it is that um, code names is one of those board games which enables people to be so funny. It enables people to yeah. be so clever. Like I can't. I, we review hundreds of board games, but I can't think of that many where someone does a move and you go that was genius you know I couldn't have done that that was so smart it's a, it's a very human kind of game I think yeah, um, well related to that I mean another question I'd have is do you want to stay do you want to stay small do you want to stay independent do you think about the business side of things uh, I when we started the company uh, we had this agreement that I will do the games and others will do the business. So, <laughs> so uh, this is not a good question for me. But uh, I, you know, that's that's one game. Yeah, that's one lucky shot I had. Yeah, uh, I spent much less time developing code names than uh, developing my heavier titles. Yeah. And uh, it is not that I stopped to do uh, stuff I was doing before, and now I will be do do this stuff type of type of things yeah I don't I never know what I will do next so uh, and I think I think we will continue to do games the way we like them and that's important and if whether it is heavier game or lighter game we will see yeah uh, just uh, I have a question to do with the fact that I th we've always considered that you're one of the greatest board game designers working in the designer board game space but I'm curious as to who is allowed to have Vlada games in as much as Czech games uh, publish most of your stuff and then WizKids got Mage Knight a while back. So what is the process that allows Czech games to have so many of your designs and then we have WizKids and I don't know if there have been other publishers who've had your games. Yeah, the point is that uh, 
I still am I am st I, I am still independent designers independent designer. I like to work with Czech games, and when I create a game, first what thing I do, I will show it to them, yeah, or I, I should say to us, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because uh, sometimes it's terrible because I need to refuse my own game because they <laughs> like it, but I don't like it enough, yeah. But I'm part of the company, so I say I say okay, <laughs> uh, it's not ready yet, yeah. But uh, but uh, sometimes I'm asked to, uh, to do a work on demand, and this is something I really like too. If someone tells me, hey, we have this brand, we have this, uh, we have this uh, rights to this movie or this video game or book or something, and it start, starts to trigger imagination, yeah, how to do this, yeah, and this is the case of Mage Knight because Mage Knight is their property. They had this uh, clicks of figures, Heroclix. yeah, Heroclix and Mage Knight. Was first with this, with this clicks mechanics, and they asked me to do a game for them, and they had some idea, and I said, "Hey, it's interesting. Maybe we can do even something more epic, yeah, with this, because I always wanted to do a game that has a feeling like Heroes of Might and Magic or this big games, and and you know, I said, this big American company, we will do this really big, and then I created core of the game." Just, just core mechanics, and I say I will add more later. Then I tried it with people. Say okay, now I need to strip some things <laughs> down to make it well. But because I really went big with this game, like I am usually, I'm usually I was, when I was doing harder game or more, or more, I was usually afraid that I went too far this time, and I this feeling was never as strong as with Mage Knight. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's great because people are willing to read this two, 20 pages rule book and yeah, play yeah. it. So uh, yeah, I, I, I'm glad, but I will probably not go beyond this. <laughs> yeah. So, so many of, ga of your games are very different. You'll design a game, it'll have a particular mechanic or idea, then the next game you make will seem completely different. The mechanics are new, the theme is new, the location is new, like it's fantasy or it's sci-fi or whatever. And obviously these are the games that get finished. How many ideas get thrown away? Like are these like one in ten games get made or one in twenty or one in two? I don't count it, that's, that's, so I don't know exactly. But the point is uh, a game is very rarely thrown away. I just uh, goes back to the to, to my mind and it can wait there for more ideas or okay. some uh, yeah uh, I usually I usually do it the way that I because the most uh, fun part is thinking about the game yeah it's not so much work you can just walk <laughs> work and think about games, imagine how awesome it will be and how it everything fits, yeah? When you start to do it, it's, you, you encounter real problems, but when you are just thinking about it, that's very nice. And I love this part and I want it to be as long as possible. No. <laughs> uh, but well, no, that's, uh, most of the games is in this state, yeah? Uh, I usually have some directory uh, at my computer and uh, named by working title of the game, and in it is only XLS uh, file, which is uh, called Ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I sometimes write down uh, what I was thinking about, 
and there is like lots of directories like this in my computer. Yeah, uh, there are sometimes there's just one word written or one line. Yeah? Sometimes there are several pages, but uh, uh, I never know which of these games make it uh, to the next state, which means, which is at the moment when I am sure uh, that I know everything uh, I need to make the game, to really start working on the game. I can imagine the game, I know what I am doing, I have team, I have mechanics, core mechanics. I can change them like, no, I will not change team, but I will. I can change mechanics later, yeah? Uh, but uh, when I have this feeling and I have, I'm in a mood and I know I have time, I start really work on the game and then it is some intense process of oh I need to this to get done yeah uh, so I have a question to do with this fun ideas phase I think like ranging from Galaxy Trucker to Bunny Bunny Moose Moose to uh, to Tashkala um, the thing I think that maybe defines you maybe more than anything is the amount of that creativity the ideas like they all feel so different um, how would you advise young designers or people who want to be designers to get that creative to have those ideas I don't know. I was not thinking about it never. Yeah, uh, before because I was, I never planned to be game designer. I just loved games and I, I enjoyed doing them. Yeah, and so my advice advice will be probably very crappy, but uh, I would <laughs> say just do it the way you like it. Okay. Uh, it is like it is. It has some wisdom. This uh, <laughs> this uh, simple advice because uh, there's so many people that want to do do, do game and. Most of them will not do games, but if they will uh, uh, do it the way you like it, you will at least enjoy it because it is hard to uh, in the industry to uh, really break. Uh, to, uh, so uh, that's my advice. But it's not about board gaming uh, designer career. It is about how to have fun. Yeah? yeah, just do it the way you like it, and your uh, your uh, friends like it, and you will definitely have fun. Yeah, and maybe you will have success. Yeah, I think. But if you, at least if you're having fun, you might have success. Whereas if you're not having fun, you will never have success. Maybe, yes, I don't know. Maybe someone is doing the games. Okay, there's target group and there's analysis. And I don't know, yeah. but not me. <laughs> so, related to the fun thing, I mean, you've got Dungeon Lords is kind of silly. Alchemist is kind of silly. Dungeon Pets is kind of silly. Bunny Bunny Moose Boose is silly. Galaxy Trucker is silly. Codenames is often silly and funny. Do you just do you like a, start with ideas that make you laugh, or is that a really big deal to you? Because some space alert is humor kind of, is the other thing. Like, I think so silly. we can agree that Vlada is the funniest designer working yeah, today. I think so. So, like the amount of the volume of games that are so funny. Uh, I need to correct you. Alchemist is not my game. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, it's a Czech games game. Uh, but uh, but when uh, when uh, my, my friend showed it to me, Matush. Uh, I really liked it because I like these silly teams. Yeah. yeah? So <laughs> the connection is here. But, uh, I said, "Yo, this this is great because this uh, student uh, team <laughs> and so on." Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, I, I think life should be fun. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's uh, that's one thing. And well, I'm, life uh, is funny. I think. Yeah. So uh, taking things too seriously is not something I do, yeah. But yeah, sometimes you you want to take some something epic, yeah. Uh, and sometimes you just want to have fun, yeah. That's uh, that's it. Uh, and but it also helps because I really like 
when the game is uh, 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 the mechanics are tied to the to the gameplay, yeah, yeah. Uh, to to the team, to the team, the th team, uh, the setting, the atmosphere, yeah. and uh, and the mechanics uh, should connect for my games. And uh, first step you can do to make it easier is to not pick historical thema themes <laughs> and so on. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, oh yeah, there are no. Uh, because, games because when you pick historical teams, then you need to keep it abstract, yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, uh, so, so uh, if you make fantasy or science fiction or something, then you just can uh, invent the 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 things that uh, correspond with the mechanics you need for the gameplay. And if you make it funny, it is even easier, yeah. Because uh, sometimes it's very difficult to uh, like justify some rule you need. Yeah. But if, if you keep it silly and um, my teams are kind of a bit bureaucratic <laughs> teams, like Dungeon Lords is about Ministry yeah. of Dungeons, and yeah. you, need, yeah, you need permission to dig, dig corridors, yeah? But because that's uh, how it corresponds to the... And you need one extra in for safety reasons, yeah? And uh, so that, that's easier to explain then, yeah? I think you had a favorite, which was... Uh the dungeon, uh, the dragon can't go into the cafeteria because they start food fights in Dungeon yeah, Lords. Yeah, some of the yeah, there's there there are just rules for why things happen or why they happen a certain number of times. Or the fact that the ships in Galaxy Trucker are built from pipes because yeah, but a uh, big uh, good thing is here is that I have a very good friend uh, who is doing the translation, and it helps a lot. Yeah, because if I write a, a joke and he likes it, he will keep it and translate it or make it better English and so on. Uh, 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 and if he, if I write a joke he don't, he d doesn't like, he can change it. Uh, sometimes he comes with something else, and then uh, it's my turn. If I like it, we keep it. If I don't like it, we we have to change it until we are both happy. Yeah. And it usually it's better than uh, when only one person is happy with his joke and lost uh, only person to his jokes. That's <laughs> not good. Yeah. So so that is good. Yeah. And I think the. The, the cafeteria example was his work because I needed uh, I needed to just say okay this big creatures has this their own room and the small uh, creatures has the, the food eating creatures has uh, they uh, they have their own room and yeah dragon is food eating big big creature so he came with something like this oh, yeah right but sometimes even the because the this for the funniest thing usually is developed during the playtesting. Because I have to explain the game over and over, and with, sometimes it's a really like terrible, long process. Uh, I sometimes hate my hate my game uh, <laughs> at the end of this process because I teach it so long, and I am uh, I'm trying to throw some jokes to it to players to enjoy my uh, myself to enjoy it more, and sometimes even the rules are invented. And at this phase, I, I remember the the rule in Dungeon Pets. When uh, when an animal is removed from the shop, that's sent to a farm, that uh, a new uh, one more food appears in the shop, yeah. uh, was created during the playtesting. Yeah. When one player suggested this, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. and I say, okay, I make it a rule. I don't carry this one extra rule, <laughs> it, it, because uh, it usually it is extra rule that is not needed for the game, but it uh, makes the uh, explanation so much relief yeah. and funnier that uh, it is worth it. Yeah. I had uh, one final question. I've got one final question as well. Okay, good. Do you want to do yours first? Okay. Uh, I hope this doesn't step on yours, 
Um, without giving away any to any secrets or anything you can't talk about yet, do you have any plans for what you would something you'd really like to do someday, or something in the future that may eventually write like a dream project or a dream theme, something like that? I have so many dream projects. I I, have, I, I cannot tell you what will be next or what will be then. Uh, I, uh, because sometimes I had dream project and I decided to not follow it because it was not so good dream I rise later <laughs> sometimes I, I came you know if you would ask me one week before I came with code names I would not tell you what will be next game yeah, yeah. so I will probably uh, I will probably not answer I, I think I have never answered this question yet and uh, I will probably keep it sorry <laughs> no that's okay but I wasted your final question. No, I have a final, <laughs> final one. I remember when we started doing Shut Up and Sit Down, I had a fan theory that uh, the bureaucracy that we see in um, Space Alert and in Galaxy Trucker with to do with taxation and uh, road stops and everything, um, and in Dungeon Lords as well. I had a theory that maybe this came about because uh, to do with the USSR's influence uh, on the Czech Republic or like sort of governments that were perhaps bureaucratic is that completely off the mark uh, probably yes uh, actually I am very uh, 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 it, it is off probably I mean yeah sure yeah because uh, I am uh, really not very good with authorities <laughs> uh, uh, I, I had always problem with teachers at school <laughs> and so on because uh, I treat like people equal <laughs> I don't uh, if someone has some yeah, that's it's uh, it's. Uh, but uh, as I was, but yeah, I have the experience. So if I can use it, and I, uh, if it makes the game better and funnier, I will use it. Yeah, as I said it is easier because games have rules, uh, much more rules that usually life has. And if I want the team to fit, sometimes I help by myself by uh, this bureaucracy yeah ah, okay oh, that's, that's interesting yeah and in space art it is mostly about you know uh, <laughs> it's where team yeah you just jump this, this ship yeah, and so on and uh, this like uh, this teacher that hates his work <laughs> was so funny to uh, look so funny yeah, so I had to do it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic well uh, thank you so much for your time Vlada yeah, this, is, this has been great yeah uh, and thank you for the work you are doing promoting the games and being silly while doing it. I love it. Yeah, I think we can all agree that being silly while working in this industry is good. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Wasn't that lovely? I thought that was very, very lovely. If you've enjoyed this podcast and would like to get in touch with Shut Up and Sit Down for whatever reason, if you've got a cool question you'd like us to read out, if you've got a story from your game night, if you just uh, have something we need to know... Uh, and hopefully not in a criminal sense. You can do that by emailing contact at shutupandsitdown.com. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in the next episode, which might not necessarily have better audio quality because it's the second of our live Gen Con podcasts. But hey, the one after that probably won't be shit. Um, yeah, how about that? How about, how about them board games? How about them? Bye! Bye!